Welcome to the Grid Iron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. This is the News Crew, and I'm your host, Keith McGinty. The 2023 NFL draft is just over two weeks away, and the top prospects are visiting prospective new employers for the evaluation. In the meantime, tired, battered old talent are doing whatever they can to get a new deal. Tonight, we have two weather-beaten crew regulars back on the show to show what they could do. And we've got a fresh new face joining us for the first time to talk about all the latest NFL news, have a broad look at the prospects of the upcoming draft, and of course we've got our statistic of the week. If you are enjoying the Gridiron Crew, please like, subscribe and follow the crew on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch and YouTube. As always, I'm joined by some of the finest crew members and a special guest. First up, the crew. We've got the mouth from the southwest of Glasgow, and he's back again. It's Brian. Brian, how are we, buddy? <laughs> the mouth. I was wondering whether I was going to be, you know, tired and beaten, uh, <laughs> old hand. But no, I'm, I'm the mouth for the south. Uh, I'm very well, mate. Uh, I've been spending a, a week and a bit of eternity, as it feels like, decorating. Um, so I'm delighted to be getting onto the show and a chance to put down a paintbrush and pick up some headphones and talk mints for <laughs> a, an hour or so. Of course, this is in preparation for the, the new arrival coming to, to join that, in. Um, I'll set for that as well. Oh, as, as, as you can be. The wife is um, ever-expanding um, <laughs> and ve- very much at a point where uh, she just wants this thing out of her. Um, but yeah, no, we are, uh, we're prepped, we're ready to roll. The wee fella's very excited about being a big brother, so it's uh, all, all go. That's terrific, mate, terrific. It flies in one to the, the wee ones here. Um, finally, emerging from his... Uh, from his uh, slumber after his beloved Eagles were defeated in the Super Bowl. And to add insult, insult to injury, Mike Gusecki's moved to the dreaded Patriots. It's Kev. Kev, how are we, buddy? Hi, Keith. Hi, guys. I am, I'm all right. I'm still not over the Super Bowl yet. Um, I, I, I'm just glad that Studs isn't on this pod tonight to, um, to rub it in. <laughs> I'm sure that... I'm sure that will come soon enough. I'm sure that will happen at some point. So I bet I, I might as well get it over and done me. Uh, we were only kidding on that seems a special guest. The real special guest is Studs here. And I'm only kidding on <laughs> that too. Um, fantastic. And with his pirates hailing from East Kilbride, officially the coldest part of Scotland, it's a safe bet to say that this man loves a snow game. And um, We've got Ian from the East Kilbride Pirates. Ian, welcome to the crew. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Um Quite a, quite a fit intro, considering it was snowing last night in the school ride for like a wee 45 minutes, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always is. I used to work up there, used to, um, up in uh, Green Hill, so uh, it was Aye. always eventful. Plenty of yeah. snow days at, at, at school for that. I loved it, loved it. Fantastic. Um, we'll get to the East Kilbride Pirates first uh, stuff a little bit later on, but in the tradition with the Gridiron Pro, we always start with a, a kick-off question. And tonight's kickoff question is looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, the GM Trent Balke. Um, he uses a clown figure that he was gifted by one of the fans after a disastrous season as motivation. He keeps it on his desk and he says that he's got it there to, to prove the fans wrong. I think that's a wee bit quite clever for the, the fans. It's, first of all, it's going to be a, long, uh, a lot of effort just to get a, an actual figurine sent in to the the guy at the the club that you're you're following the team you follow to actually get that wrapped delivered 
get past the security as well, going with American uh, sports stuff as well to get that to them. Um, so my question to you guys is, what is your favourite piece of taunting that you've seen in the NFL? And what gift would you send to a failing GM in the, the league? Let's go for our favourite pieces of taunting that we've seen, first of all. Um, Ian, would you like to kick us off with this one? Yeah, <clears throat> so I was trying to rack my brains. I was like, God, I can't think, I can't think. But um, I always remember, I think it was, put me wrong here, but it was 2005, 2006 or something like that, when Reggie Bush ripped off a, a massive run and he's just going down the sideline of the Bears for the last 15 yards. He was pointing at every single one of them and laughing as he rolled it in. <laughs> so, uh, I, know, I know as a defensive player, I would be absolutely fuming if that happened to me. So, yeah, I think uh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty up there. That's, that's going to be quite good. You're getting a bit of fan involvement in there as well. It's always good to, to turn it. They get their chance to pay their, their bucks and give you pelters for the full game to get yeah. every chance to really really turn the nose off at them is always good. Um, what about you, Kev? You got any good ones? Um, yeah, I actually uh, went online, had a wee look, um, and I came across one where a guy, Terrell Owens, um, scores a touchdown against the Dallas Cowboys, and he runs all the way to centre field with the ball, stands on the star, um, and taunts, um, and obviously the Cowboys didn't like that. But um, he then scored another touchdown against them and, and proceeded to do it again. Um, but I always love taunts where it comes, where it kind of comes back to bite you. Um, yeah. And the second time round, uh, one of the Cowboys players absolutely flattened him. <laughs> as he started <laughs> him the um, so I, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, first of all, because it was against Dallas, and second because the guy kind of. Um, you know, uh, got what was coming in for it, so that was good. Ah, absolutely, everybody's got long memories in the NFL, haven't they? Um, Brian, what about yourself? What are you going for? Right, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna cheat, and I've got two because one of them's not strictly the NFL, so I'm, but I'm having mm. it anyway. So my, my, my NFL one, and I say I'm just enjoying this because it seems like we're getting stuck into the bales, which is always great fun. Um, <laughs> it's got, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers that I own you. <laughs> it's just ju- absolutely joyous. Um, even though Rogers is an absolute head case, um, who allegedly plays for about five different teams at the moment. Um, but no, I, I loved that. The the I the I O new stuff was great. Um, and then not well, not NFL one, um, but college football. I need to get my I need to get my, my shout in for Baker. I need to get my, 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 my weekly allocation of talking about Baker. Um, particularly as the longer his career goes, the less and less relevant he's likely to become. Um, <laughs> uh, no, Baker um, at the planting the the, the flag uh, during the Ohio State game when he beat Ohio State, getting right up. A bit like Kev's talking about with uh, going to the centre circle to, to celebrate a touchdown. So obviously celebrating the win and he just levels it straight up onto the centre circle and plants the flag. Absolute grade A, nice. just taunting and abuse. Uh, fantastic stuff. Yeah, big fan of that. Big fan of that. Mine, uh, I've got a bit of recency bias from mine. Um, you mentioned Darren Rogers and the, the Packers there. I'm going to go for Sauce Gardner's um, fantastic performance against the Packers and the Jets win there at Lambeau, but then getting the cheese head and uh, really, really giving it to the fans big time there. <laughs> um, uh, absolutely. Absolutely sticking it to them big time. I am a big fan of that one. Enjoyed that. Um, 
Brian, did you say you had a second one? Is it, oh, it was well, I was, I was one. re-rolling my two and my college, college one, ball yeah. one was my second one. I've been watching some of the, the NFL documentaries that I just saw on the Disney Plus and it was the Florida... It was a Catholics versus convicts uh, documentary um, between the, the two teams mm. there, uh, Notre Dame and um, the Florida one. I can't remember Florida State. I can't remember which uh, university was. Aye, and uh, that was that was Gators. quite good. They're running up a big score on them, and then the then getting torn into them again. That uh, was good. People have got long memories in this game. It's it's wonderful <laughs> to see people getting their comeuppance. Um, great, good opening. We're nice. We're flowing. Juices are going there. Love it. Um, Ian, I've got to focus on you and your Pirates. First of all, tell us, how did you get into the NFL in the, the first place? And most importantly, who's your team? <coughs> um, well, I'll, I'll start how I get in first and then we'll get to my team. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've always, for as long as I can remember now, I've, I've been around the sport, um, kind of the NFL Europe days. They, they did an initiative with primary schools and they would give um, tickets to Claymore's games to, to the primary school kids to get you involved. And I'd always kind of mm-hmm. liked American football, but started going to the Claymore's games when I was about um, seven or eight. And ever since then, that was me. I was just, I've just been involved ever since. Um, so it was a bit of a, bit of a nightmare when they, they kind of pulled the Claymore's because um, I wasn't getting, to, getting that fixed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it kind of resulted in me that Madden at that point then, and then actually found out there was actual teams close right about us, which uh, I could then get involved in. So, but yeah, it was the, the Claymore's initiatives by putting primary school kids in to, to get, get them involved, which got me involved, which is, I guess, a success story, they could say. Um, and yeah, I'm a Patriots fan. Boom! <laughs> Love how you're nice and like, like just dropping that in there at the, at the end. That's nice. I'll be sure you hear. Aye, it's been quite quiet. The past couple of seasons, it's not been going the, the Patriots way. Um, but uh, you've got to have uh, faith in Coach Belichick that he's going to be able to turn it around, especially with your, your new coaching staff that you've got there and an actual offensive play caller. Um, yeah. Hilton Mac. Yeah, I was kind of. I, I, like I watch a lot of college football as well, and Bill O'Brien done a good job at Alabama. He's always kind of been well known with Belichick and that as well. So yeah, it should be should be good coming in. Um, just a bit of structure this year as well. I think will probably help. There seems to be a lot of pointing fingers and just no cohesion last year when it came to what was going on. Um, and you looked at some of the, the kind of plays we were running. It was just. I think there was a lot. There was a lot of sense in what we were doing. Um, lots of finger pointing at Josh McDaniels. This is your fault. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> run, yeah. run an offense. Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. not Matt McDaniels. Oh, Josh oh. was in Las Vegas. That's uh-huh. that's just he's got his own problems. <laughs> he's got his own issues altogether. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan of you know when they hated me and Matt Patricia was D coordinator and Josh was own. Everything's uh, kind of seemed to work really well, but yeah, they just they just did not work out at all last year. To be only won a game away from the playoffs, I think, you know, says a lot considering how bad we were at times. 
Um, I don't know if that just how rubbish everything else is running about, but yeah, added a few weapons. Um, to be honest, they're probably the best one I'm happy with. I'm really happy with Kaseki. Um, mm-hmm. Always really, really liked him as a tight end. So yeah. uh, him and Hunter Henry, I think, could be really, really good, really dangerous. And to be honest, I don't really know about Juju. Um, wasn't really a fan of him, to be perfectly honest. But uh, now that he's here, I've got that, like, okay, he's going to do, he's going to do well for us, sort yeah. of uh, attitude, but... I, I can't Definitely wait to see Coach Belichick on TikTok. I can't, yeah. can't wait to see Bill on TikTok. It's going to be I, I, I think that'll be banned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually have. Been... I expected yeah. Juju to make it for once. <laughs> no, no <laughs> possibly. Yeah, I didn't think about that one. Didn't do dances on the, the name. But, yeah. you know, I don't know, Henry, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. And then you know, there's a lot of talk of you know taking another wide receiver. So certainly, certainly got the weapons there this time, and should yeah. be able to do something. If you don't do anything this this year, then there's there's something probably wrong with the, the QB, and that's where you you need to start looking elsewhere. I would say. Never know. You might already be looking elsewhere if the the rumours are to be believed. Lamar was. Uh, Max a bust. Don't think for a Max minute. Max a bust. Can... And I, just, I just don't see Belichick being that type of guy to invest everything in one player. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't see him putting everything in the You look at Lamar's injuries as well. You know, every, you know, the last couple of seasons have all been cut short with injury. So yeah. it's not as if he's a, you know, a well proven, you know, every season leading the way. You know, he's had that really good season where he was MVP in that, but. There's a few, you know, injuries that have then started creeping in and just cutting all his season, his last couple of seasons short. So, yeah, I don't. I think in that aspect, you, you don't go all in on that. I am not convinced he was actually hurt all of the end of last season. I am no. so convinced, and I'm not saying he was maybe hurt for a chunk of it, but I'm, I'm saying that there was an element of uh, eking that one out because he knew he wasn't getting paid. Yeah, possibly, possibly, but. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, who knows? anyway, listen, hopefully this will go well. We'll have plenty of time to talk about the, the Patriots in the, the off season <laughs> and how they how they are shaping up. But just now we want to learn a wee bit more about the American football closer to home. Um so as we said earlier on, you're one of the coaches you still playing yourself or are you a former player for the East Coast Pirates, EK Pirates? Yeah, so I'm a former player, so I was a linebacker and safety. Um Started started with Pirates in 2012, I think it was. Right. Um, stopped playing in 2018. Had a pretty nasty uh, ankle injury. Um, and just with work and things like that, and, you know, kids at the time, it just kind of was off my feet for about six weeks. Like, literally yeah. couldn't walk. So, you know, kind of just got to the stage where I was like, kind of really... Kind of really be having these sorts of things kind of going forward. That interview was my first kind of major injury, but it was a pretty bad one. Um, but I took the decision to stop playing, and I got a, I got a role coaching right away um, as the defensive backs in 2018, and I've been with them ever since now. Uh, and the majority of the guys that I've been coaching with are the same guys, so it's became really really close to my guys. But you know seen some some real progress and like 
being a coach and bringing them through and all the defensive captains for the senior team last year were all you know were all DBs con you know just mm-hmm. two safeties in a corner so I think that was a massive uh, a massive kind of highlight for me was having those guys you know you've coached all the way through now coming up and showing that everybody else is kind of taking that um, so yeah I've been with them so I've been with the coach of the senior team since 2018 and then I kind of get asked to get asked to go along to come along to the women's team in 2021 but I just had too much on at the time I, I just mm-hmm. couldn't really commit and then last year my circumstances kind of changed so they were looking for a defensive coordinator and I knew the head coach pretty well so I got to speak to her and um, went on as defensive coordinator for all of last year um, had mm-hmm. a really really good season we had uh, it was, it was, the women's games is a lot different for the the kind of normal game, it's like seven on seven. There's no special teams and things like that. So you, so you need to modify like your kind of your view and your your thinking of, of how you know football. Um, right. So that was a bit of an eye opener, um, but it was really really good season. And then the head coach kind of spoke to me in December, and she was like, "Look, there's a possibility that I'm going to be going back to uni, and I won't have time for this. Would you, you know, would you, would you step up?" And I was like, "I, I." Would. Would that be a, not a problem? And then, literally, within three weeks later, I was like, Yeah, it's just happened really quickly. It's happening now. Can you take <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so like in December, there it was just spent basically trying to, try to get a coaching staff together. Um, so, yeah, took over as head coach of the women's team there uh, in December. And we're just going through pre season just now. Um, but yeah, I managed to get a really good kind of coach staff of uh, guys I've worked with before, uh, current senior players that are kind of making their transition into coaching and things like that as well. It's a nice wee stepping stone. Um, Fantastic. You've so, got a, a game this uh, this coming weekend, is that right? Yeah, so this Sunday the senior team we opened up our, our league campaign in the, the Premiership against Merseyside. So last year we... We were in Division One last year, um, mm-hmm. and we went all the way to the national and won it. Um, nice. So that the finals on YouTube, if anyone wants to watch it back, it's actually really good, some really good football on it. Yeah, we'll make sure um, we share it. We can we can chuck a link to that out on the Twitter. Yeah, um, so it was a really good game of football. Um, but yeah, we went all the way. We had a really good regular season. We started off um, really well, kind of winning every game. Uh, and then we had we had just a disastrous game at home against Northumberland where we just didn't get going and just yeah didn't do a lot of the basic stuffs right and got beat uh, and that was our kind of only loss for the season and then ever since that moment I think it, it was really weird just like looking back on it now you can it's one of these moments in sport that I've never really experienced before but you kind of hear of it and you see like everyone knew we were winning. Like it was just everyone had that focus. Everyone had that, you know. Nobody spoke about it, but you could, you just knew everybody like, deep down. Everyone knew we were running that whole thing last year, and there was nothing that was going to stop us. And it kind of it carried on through. Let's say got to London, and yeah, it was great. Yeah, great day. Yeah, the game kicked off at five in London, so wow. you know, we didn't get out of the complex until I think it was about half ten at night. So we didn't get home until <laughs> six. Six in the Monday morning, but yeah, it was the, the bus journeys are pretty good on the way home. But that one was that one was especially good. Um, so it was. So, 
take us back a wee bit more if you can tell us a wee bit about the history of the UK Pirates. Um, when did they start? So, um, if I start, guy Bill goes back and, and hears me, he's probably going to kill me. But I believe we started in '86. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scotland's oldest American football team now. Um, there was back then, I think, still the kind of like the Glasgow Lions, Strathclyde Sheriffs, and stuff like that. A lot of the, all them are all gone now. Um, teams in Scotland at the moment is ourselves, Sandra Wolves. We both play in the Premiership. Um, yep. So it's a, that's the, the British Premiership. So we travel. Um, so our league consists of us, Merseyside, Matt, which is Liverpool, Manchester, uh, Tamworth, and Leicester. So the, the north, the north region stretch is really quite far, and Aye. then the, the, the south region is just uh, like three London teams, and then all the kind of the southern stuff, which I guess it can be quite far as well. It's just more stretched out, kind of elongated rather than mm-hmm. uh, vertical. Um, there's then the there's a Scottish division in Division One this year now, and there's a bit of a kind of reshake when we came out of when we get promoted. There was a bit of a, a reshuffle. Um, so the, the remaining Scottish teams are now playing in Division 1, which is the Glasgow Tigers, uh, Aberdeen Roughnecks, Clyde Valley Blackhawks, Confederate Kings, and Inverclyde Goliaths. Um, so they'll be, they're all playing in the, the Scottish Division 1. And then there's, there is a Division 2 as well, but there's yeah. no, there's no, there's nothing in Scotland running at that level. Um, there's not. So. And who, how many of these teams are just started up maybe in the last couple of years? These, um, these well-established sides, or yeah, so Aberdeen's a relatively new side. Um, mm-hmm. When I when I still played, I think back in maybe 20, 2016 or something like that, we we went up to we went up there and we did like a joint training session that with them just to kind of help them with some stuff. Yeah. Um, so Aberdeen are relatively new. Emberclyde's also relatively new. Emberclyde, uh, well. So there used to be the West Coast Trojans that were kind of like mm-hmm. based down that way. And they fell away, I think, about 2014 or something like 2012, 20, between that 2012 and 2014 period. Yeah. And then a kind of offshoot of that was like the Inverclyde one, you know, they started a team back up, um, which is just it's for those guys based down in like Greenock Way and things like that. It's a lot to get through to Glasgow for midweek practices and things like that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we we used to have a lot of the players, uh, the pirates that, that kind of came from there, and then once the McClyde came back up and running, you know, they kind of went there. So we know I know a lot of the guys down there, and there's a lot of good players down there, and they just play for convenience now, and it's because they like the sport and they don't want to travel too far and things like that. So um, they, they do have a, a relatively good team, and. and then the rest, used to, to coach for the the Trojans. I, I didn't realise that they'd actually. He's playing all t- together. Um, yeah, the the right good name. Um, what about yourselves, the the Pirates? Is there any any rivalries? We love a good rivalry in the Scotland, especially west of Scotland. But is there any oh. good rivalries between the the teams? Yeah, I was in Edinburgh. Yes. Yeah. Can can yeah. you not adopt the Steelers as a rival just because? <laughs> <laughs> just just decide that you hate the Steelers. There was, you know, in, in my kind of playing days, I would say, like, obviously, you, you can get rivalries where there's like that, 
you know, waste of scoring rivalry where you know there's, there's kind of like hatred now there, but then there's other rivalry yeah. where like it's just a really, really I'd say like when I used to, you know watching the Patriots now like a while ago like when they played the Colts it always felt like a bit of a rivalry because it just it was always like a tough game you didn't know which way it was mm-hmm. going to go and they were all you know it was always they always just seemed really really tough you know we used to play Tamworth quite a lot and they had a really good team. Um, but there wasn't any hatred there, you know. It was just probably, I was probably more like a sporting rivalry that we, we were always both competing for the same thing, and it was, it would always come down to the games against each other to see to see who would win, you know, divisions and things like that. So, but yeah, um, when it actually comes to actual rivalries, yeah, I'd say Edinburgh, that's the one everyone's looking at. Fantastic. So um, you mentioned some of the, the other teams. So, what's the the league that the that you guys play in again, the British American so football. So, yeah, so we are the the Bafa British Premier, so the Bafa Premier League um, North Division. So it's the British American Football Association um, Premier Division North, is which we. And play how many in. games are in the regular season for you? Uh, well, we had eight game regular season. I think it's so nice. Uh, yeah, no, no, toy. Yeah, eight game regular season. Yeah, so we play each team home and away. Fantastic. And then some, of your away, the... some of your away legs must be absolute endeavours. Like, you're obviously talking about like London and stuff earlier, but like, so, like <sighs> as you say, the North Division's chunky. You know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. extensive. If you're, if, you're, if you're new to the sport, uh, they can be a bit. Um, they can be. They can be a bit daunting. But to be honest, that's probably the ones we look forward to the most because the longer bust on you get in the way home, which is always which is always <laughs> one of the, the, the best <laughs> laugh and that and you kinda get to know everybody a bit better and uh, it's always always where the talking points are but um, I'm used to it now. Um see I've done the Leicester Tamworth Birmingham trips so many times now it's just you get to know every single service station on the way to New England. You can rate them all now, and we all, we all have our favourites and all that. Yeah, it's so silly. There's a section, a new section of the pod coming soon, folks. UK <laughs> Pirates service station rankings. That's, I, Stay tuned. Who's your favourite Burger King? Some people love TV, some people love Southway, whatever, you know, we can name them all. That's the double talking about. What days are the games? Are they on Sundays? Yes, games are on Sundays, yeah. Um, We play our home games at GHA Rugby Club in the south side. Right. Um, So a really good set up there. We've got a stand... Normally got commentary and that as well. We outside bar nice. merchandise on sale and things like that as well. Um, so yeah, really good setup there. So we have, um, and then uh, away games. We've got one away game on a Saturday this year. I think the Tamworth games on a Saturday, mm-hmm. um, which isn't too bad because it kind of helps a lot of the guys for, especially if they've got work the next day. If you don't get home mm-hmm. till like one in the morning and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you've been away since. Aye. You've been away since five that that following morning. It's not exactly yeah. ideal. So, um, but yeah, all our games are on our website, um, and our first home game is the seventh of May. Fantastic! That website's www.piratesfootball.co.uk. Uh, you can also find more about um, British American football at www.britishamericanfootball.org. Uh, and yeah. Thoroughly encourage people to go check it out. I'm looking forward to going to, my son and I are going to 
uh, try and get to one of the, the home games as well. Um, he's yeah. starting to get into it a wee bit with me as well. There's a wee bit of um, the, the Sunday nights watching Red Zone. That's starting to creep in a wee bit. Uh, settling between the the Vikes and the Carolina Panthers just now. Okay. So I want to see where that's interesting, these these choices yeah. there. So we'll see for the Panthers, that is the definition of settling. <laughs> you don't choose the Panthers this is from a Browns fan for sake you, you settle for the Panthers he was a wee bit gutted when McCaffrey left um, you know, as an organisation you know, we have got the senior team we've then got our under 19 team yes. um, we've then got our under 16's team and then we've got our under um, 13's flag we've then got our women's contact our women's flag um, you know we are a pretty big organisation now as well. It's not just like a kind of one team. We're kind of covering for everything up to um, from women football, the guys football to junior to youth, into the you know the, the younger people that can't take part in contact yet as well. I don't know about yourself. You have been a much bigger fan of NFL than longer than certainly I have. I watched it when I was a kid when it was in Channel Four. And they used to collect all the different hats and had a couple of Raiders jerseys actually when I was a, a, a kid. Um, but growing up, my team, I settled on the, the Seahawks, as you can see here. Um, I've noticed that a big, big... Um, it's really, really starting to, to keep into the zeitgeist just now. Um, the fact that you get all the, the clothes and H&M and uh, Primark as well and it's yeah. really keep in where everybody's wearing the, the gear and it's starting to become much more popular and much more accessible as well. And I yeah. think it really lends itself to the see the bite size that the, the clips and the highlights reels that young people are really, really good at enjoying watching the, the short, sharp yeah. clips. I think that's what's making it really, really interesting for everyone. What about yourself? Have you noticed that too? Yeah, definitely. I think um I think the London stuff also helps with the commercial Aye. side of it as well. Mm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think for a minute like this H and M and P mark and things like that would be doing ranges if they didn't have these massive commercial aspects of London every single year. Absolutely. Um, which is, I guess, why you know the NFL does it as well. It's not so about putting bums on seats; it's about these, you know, generating income from these other these other aspects. So it seems to be working its way. You know, that seems to be doing its job. Um, but yeah, it seems to be a lot more. We've noticed we kind of a lot more kids and that get involved. Their youth selection just now is pretty good. Um, or, or under kind of twelves or whatever it is. Our, our, our section that can't do contact yet. It's on a flag. Yeah. That's getting bigger as well. You know, a lot of youngsters coming through that are learning. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it kind of don't say peeled off for a wee bit, but. There wasn't as much um, coming through, but there seems to be more and more and more youngsters now kind of getting involved or wanting to get involved. You can tell it's getting big. When I was uh, going with my son to his football training on a Wednesday night, and uh, we pulled up at the Jockstein and Burnbank in Hamilton, and um, as we were parting, there was a wee guy out in one of the football pitches uh, running routes, and somebody was throwing the ball and doing training with him, and it was wow. proper practice one-to-one coaching with them. And uh, never ever seen anything like that before in my life, and yeah. it just shows you how it is getting up. It's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, yeah, before we move yeah. on, have you been to any games yourself? You mentioned the London games. I'm, I'm, I'm 
it's my birthday in the so, next couple of weeks. I'm hoping for tickets for that one of them myself this year. What games have you been to? Uh, I've not been to any of the UK. Um, been lucky enough, well, lucky uh, went to, managed to go to high school in America. Um, Amazing. Been to... Be that bad here? <laughs> <laughs> no, just tied in with holidays and that. I managed to, to go and see some Friday Night Lights, which is pretty cool. Amazing. Uh, been to see... Uh, Navy versus USF in Florida as nice. well. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm not actually, I'm not actually been in an NFL game yet. It's all been high school and college. Um, so has been. And Claymores. Claymores as well, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, Wonderful. World Bowl at Hamden as well. I think it was a ring fire on Frankfurt Galaxy. Was that that? Ah, amazing, amazing. That was uh, Edinburgh. I went to for my. My Claymore's match, um, going to Murrayfield to, to see. I think it was Frankfurt Galaxy they were playing there as well. Oh, brilliant. We're hopefully going to be doing some podcasting, looking at the the NFL Europe and Claymore's especially in, in, oh, uh, in the future. So maybe I know a few guys that were involved in that. So Fantastic. Um, guys, that was brilliant. Hopefully we'll get um, Ian and some of the other coaches for the EK Pirates on for maybe a, a special on the actual Pirates and um, get some people on to discuss that, that and the American football with it in Scotland and how it's, it's going on and how it's developing and how we can get more people involved with it as well. Brilliant. Right, let's move on to some of the news, the major news topics that have been happening um, this week. Where will we start? Where will we start? I think the big one um, is there's still no confirmation of Aaron Rodgers Um going to the New York Jets. There was um the, the Joe Douglas, the Jets GM, has said that he's gonna be here. He's gonna be here. He's, he's trying to appease everyone. <laughs> I promise kids Santa's coming. Here. I promise Santa's real. He's definitely coming. Ah, that's what I said. It's it's, it's like a it's like a, a dad with a, a bit of a wayward side um, I, 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 I'd love to be here son it'll be here you, you, keep, you keep watching he'll turn off eventually and uh, uh, daddy's not coming is he mum no he's not coming see if Aaron Rodgers uh, turns up at a jet stadium with like a half pint of milk <laughs> a packet of cigarettes I finally made it out, back and a worn out teddy yeah aye, that'd, be, that'd be terrific <laughs> service station um, spoils for the missus yeah Joe Douglas try to appease people he's going to be here I don't know what's taking so long, but the the little things that they're working on to, to get this done, but um, it's, it's taking a, a long time. And the kind of bad thing about it is that it's leaving Zach Wilson in a bit of limbo there as well. Um, how do you think that's going to affect him? Kev, I'm coming to you for this one. Zach Wilson, is he going to be happy playing second fiddle to Aaron Rodgers if he does eventually come? How would he take it if Rodgers decides to maybe go elsewhere or even stay at Green Bay? You know how he can yeah. be quite temperamental at that. Um, how do you think that's going to affect Wilson? Is he done? Is he maybe going to take this year to rebuild himself and maybe do a base and have to go elsewhere to find some love? I think I think it's a uh, it's a good question. Um, I don't I don't know enough about Zach Wilson to know what kind of temperament he's got, how he's going to react to that. Um, but I mean, I think it can either make him or break him. Um, either either way, uh, if if Rogers goes elsewhere um, and he finds himself in the starting slot, then he's 
he can use it as motivation to prove that you know they were wrong to be looking elsewhere in the first place. Um, um, and then if if Rogers does come, I mean he's he's, he's uh, no spring chicken, so um, you know Wilson's got to. Wilson's got to look at it and say, well, you know, I've got to prove that I'm the future of this um, this organisation, uh, with or without Rodgers. So, you know, um, it it could it could you know totally crush him. Um, but like I said, you know, that's that's going to be the interesting thing to see how how he reacts, whatever happens for here, because it's been in the public domain. So, you know, um, he's he's got questions to answer. Um, but I really, I, I'm just I'm just looking forward to watching and seeing how it unfolds. It could be said that Zach Wilson's got an old head on his shoulders, but maybe that's him just cuddling into some of the milk that he's, he's in. <laughs> you know, do you think, um, should they use this year to maybe learn from someone, um, his experiences? Um, Aaron Rodgers, MVP just last season as well there, before uh, the one we've just finished. Do you think he should use in a positive way, or do you think he'll maybe take the half or try to find a, a way out? Oh, that, I, that's another way to look at it as well. I mean, he, he could look at it as, a, you know, a golden opportunity to, to work with somebody like Rogers, who's, you know, uh, definitely considered an all-time great. So, you know, he, he, might, he might welcome it in actual fact. That's another way. But again, it, it all depends on, you know, his, his kind of mindset, uh, his attitude. Um, so yeah, that that that's another possibility. Maybe he's totally on board with us um, and looks at it as um, you know as a positive for him and his career and his development. Ian on Friday, it was uh, looking like uh, that Rogers was going to have a, a Super Bowl winning target um, <laughs> waiting for him in New York when uh, Odell Beckham was rumored to be visiting the Jets on Monday. Only to be gazumped by the Ravens, signing them yep. on a one-year, eighteen million dollar contract. Um, what do you think changed his mind there? Uh, I think, like, for me, like, I'll be honest. Like, I think, I think for Odell Beckham, it's money. Like, I don't, I don't think it's yeah. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much else um, motivating him there. You know, another guy that's kind of. Played by injuries, you know, he probably needs to make as much as he can. Yeah. You know, he's going to get a full season out of him. But at the same time, I, I think, you know, the move to, to the Ravens is, is, is pretty much win-win for, for both. You know, I think it gives Lamar a reason to stay. It gives him somebody that can strike up that kind of brotherhood, kind of, you know, that bromance with. But Yep. These kind of QBs like so, you know, that will give him something. But at the same time, the Ravens needed a receiver. You know, I think I seen a before even coming on here, there was a, I seen a, a graphic. Um, I think it was last week that Nelson Aguilar was going to be their most experienced receiver with five thousand yards. <laughs> that, that's all they had. So, wow, you know, it, you can understand why they've paid that money going to get somebody because they didn't really have anything else really in that wide receiver room. Um, and then yeah, it gives it gives Lamar something to work with. It gives him a bit of a reason to stay. It's just yeah, I, I think it's a win-win for for both. To be perfectly honest, we've spoke on the, the the crew before about how it seems to be quite cordial between Lamar and the Ravens. There's no too much animosity. I know he has asked for the to be traded, but there's not 
much doesn't seem to be much badness there. And you think no. these things like this, getting Beckham uh, involved and giving them a, a weapon, showing them where yeah, they can't think... afford the the what fifty odd million a, a season that he's looking for, but they can then invest some of that money in. Yeah, I think, I, think, for I think the Ravens know that you know Lamar's not going to get what he wants either. You know the the type of contract that he wants, the owners have said it's never going to happen. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. never going to be another Deshaun Watson style contract given out. So I think the Ravens, you know, know that they, they have that kind of safety net and the fact that of what he's asking for, nobody's going to give him. So they can just work away in the background and once Lamar maybe realizes that that everyone actually is sticking to the word and they're not going to give him that. Then he'll yeah. just kind uh, of toil his way back home again. But again, I can understand from his point of view, from a, from a playing point of view, you know, that wide receiver room and you know, there was, there's not really much options there. So again, you know, does he want to be part of that team? You know, that's another year of getting older and things like that. Another year of no success. So, you know, the whole, the whole trade thing could have came from that just purely from a playing point of view that he didn't want to be part of that team, you know, for that, yeah. that next year. So, I think there's a there's a lot of information that doesn't get put out to to the fans and there's too many there's too many people that claim to be in the know and or you know per sources and things like that. So you, you just you don't you never really get a true idea of what's actually happening. But I think you know going by the the lack of information and the lack of Lamar reacting on Twitter and things like that. I think you know, the the trade was maybe like a bit of a tongue in cheek thing and you know, it was just a Try to, try to gain interest rather than actually seriously. I'm, I'm one out here, sort of thing, and I'm deleting all, I'm deleting you for all my socials, and that. Kind of, <laughs> uh, and I speak again, sort of thing. Aye, like, uh, like you normally see. By not having an agent, he's kind of missing out on all the the dramatic uh, dramatics that goes with it, and how to yeah. really, really force through the the move. Um, yeah, Brian, sure. it was uh, your boys that gave that ridiculous contract to uh, Sean Watson. Um, which will not be equaled at all. I don't think. I think it's an act of sheer desperation, um, and the owners are, are firmly putting their foot down on this one. It's not going to be achieved again. What do you think the best outcome? How does Lamar save face here and the Ravens? What kind of deal do you think would be acceptable? Thinking about Danny Dimes getting what forty-five million a, a year. Whereabouts does? Lamar's got to be pitched himself. See, I don't know, the the way I can kind of see it playing out is I think what might actually be the bigger thing that will set things a bit for Lamar is that he'll, I don't know, he might, I'm trying to think what his situation is this year. He's got one year where he's still under contract with him and then then that's setting these contracts up. Burrow's contract's likely going to get resolved over the course of this season and into the early stages of next off-season. I could see if Lamar does say, right, I've not made a deal. I'm not going to hold out. Um, I, I don't. Well, I don't know. Will Lamar hold out for this for a year to try and really force things? The way things have been going this off season and the lack of suitors that he's had doesn't seem like that would probably be in his best interest. You know, different if he's got a host of folk banging the door down for him, but it, it doesn't yeah. seem to be the case. Um, does he wait and see and say what guys like Burrow get and say right? Well, there you go. That's that's the that's the marker that I want to be pitched at. You know what I mean? Yep, Joe Burrow's excellent quarterback. It's a very different game to Lamar's, obviously. But that's that's where I see myself in terms of the 
echelons of quarterbacks in the in the NFL. You know, he's certainly a better quarterback than Dimes. Um, so if, if Dimes is looking at his isn't obviously guaranteed to the same extent as Watson's is, but forty five is still a lot of money. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm surprised at the the nature of the, the OBJ contract. I would have thought that would have stuck in Lamar's craw a wee bit because it's mm-hmm. it's eighteen it's eighteen mil for the year, but it's fifteen guaranteed. Yeah. So you know, what I mean, they've they've went not in. Okay, yeah, fifteen million's not. It's levels of money. It's not the same. But I don't see why Lamar's not taking that to the the Ravens front office and saying, right, well, hang on, you've given him for his position group a big, heavily guaranteed contract, albeit over a short period of time because he's older. Why don't yeah. you do something similar for me? But yeah. no, I, I so see it's him like ninety percent. Yeah. yeah, it's like ninety percent guaranteed. If we can't do the hundred percent guaranteed, then he should be looking for something quite high like that as well. And yeah, and that's that like certainly say, seems to have been a sticking point. And they certainly do need to, to give them some better weapons just now. What have they got? They've got a uh, running back. You've got J.K. Dobbins, Gus Bus, Gus Edwards. I will not hear um, the Gus Bus name besmirched. Man's a, 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 a relic in the league. He's, seems like Gus Bus has been here forever. Richard Bateman, um, Odell Beckham's come in, Devin Duvernay and Nelson Ag- Aguilar. It's not the most appetising of a uh, Attacks there when you look at it. So, uh, I Bateman, Bateman's a talented needed. player. Bateman's talented. He's, he's very, very similar skill set to Beckham. Is is mm-hmm. the again the bit that I don't know if that injury. I don't know. I can't remember what Bateman's injury was last year that kept him out. Um, but I don't know. Is it more serious than we thought? Because as I said, there is huge overlap between him and Beckham in terms of skill set, and Bateman's obviously a lot cheaper. Um. Or as I think most days kind of suspect is that you know is the OBJ signing, yeah you know I mean the guy's talented. I'll I stand by on record. I think he's a wide receiver too. I don't think he's a wide receiver one anymore. Um, but is it more of a PR stunt rather than a team move? You know what I mean? We are the ones that got OBJ. Is that kind of more it? Look, this makes Lamar happy. Look, here he is sending out tweets with pictures of him and OBJ together. We've got our boy back. Listen, who's got to keep him happy? QB, and it's got to go a, a long way. Um, one man who is staying in uh, Green Bay is um, Aaron Jones, the running back who has restructured his deal, and he's going to be getting eleven million in twenty twenty three. He's quoted as saying he didn't want to be greedy. Um, I wonder if that's just a, a wee dig at anyone at all. I wonder mm-hmm. what do they think there. Um, Jordan Love. We'll have uh, Jones, AJ Dillon, and the backs to to rely on. And then uh, wide receivers, you've got Christian Watson, who did well at times. Mm-hmm. Romeo Dubs, um, maybe underperformed oh, a wee bit yeah. last year. And Samori Touré. Um, they are desperately needing to, to improve that. Can you see um, the Packers having a, a good season with uh, Love at the helm there, Ian? Uh, no. <laughs> in short no. um, see if the Packers draft a first round wide receiver now by the way see if they finally draft a first round wide receiver and, uh, I, I, I'm, really, I'm really surprised Aaron Jones has stayed to be perfectly honest you know, you know Donny Adams left and then you know Rodgers is leaving kind of mm-hmm. thought that you know the Packers might just go full rebuild mode and try and oh, shut him as well and get, and get some more draft capital but 
Yeah, I think love is not really not really showed much and then when he had the opportunities didn't really go well and then yeah the, the wide receiver room again there is not it's not great you know I think the you know last year they relied a lot on the boy that went to the Jets this year I can't remember his name Lizard or something like that yes. yeah yeah um, you know they relied a lot on him and you know he's away now as well so yeah there's yeah, a lot of work being done but Again, good young head coach. These guys can get a lot out of players, and you know, you can never tell. But I say on paper, it certainly doesn't look like it's a a, a successful season coming up. Yeah, but good news for your Eagles, Kev. Um, Jason Kelsey has decided to to stay on for another year, and it, the defeat in the Super Bowl actually played a factor. He says, um, he wants to continue yeah. his career because he. Just know it's it's close. He feels that the the team are on the verge of something great. You of course with a with a performance like you guys did in the, the Super Bowl, it wasn't as if he's just rolled over. He's we're so so close. You've got a QB that's that's starting to come into his own. Can you expect big things again this season from your Eagles? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I do. Um, I'm the eternal optimist, though. Um, I expect big things every year, um, and more often than not, I'm extremely <laughs> disappointed. So, uh, hopefully, that hopefully this year's not going to be one of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if, if we can keep if we can keep um, you know the core group together um, and pick up some some good signings in the draft, then I don't see any reason why we can't go all the way this time. Hey, hey, one guy who eternally disappointed. You made the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> come to Cleveland. Come to Cleveland. I'll share. I'll share what actual disappointment feels like. Right? I'll share how it feels. <laughs> One guy who won't be making a return at all is uh, Gronk. Gronk has said that he is in, uh, enjoying uh, retirement too much to to come back. Even he has he been in the wrestling much? He'd made a couple of cameos. I was wondering if. It, that was going to be his thing. Um, he's, he, the guy must be having a great life, just retired, living off uh, the <laughs> glories, the glory days. Would you have drunk. him back in your team just now? I know you've got Gesicki coming in there, but you must, oh, must fancy that. Prime, prime Gronk was unplayable, man. Um, I don't know. Right now, Gronk. Like, six, <laughs> pint, six pints deep, Gronk. Probably still have him, just for the sake of it. But yeah, like... Um, Oh, absolutely, yeah. Prime wrong was it was a joy to watch. It was, like I've always looked back and like see the, these clips and like just come games like top twenty five catches, and he just doesn't look like he could run properly. You know, he didn't seem the yeah. most fluid of runners, but he was always just there. You know, he just made every single catch back your shoulder, whatever, and then you know try to tackle him. He would take another two or three. So yeah, it was yeah. just. Even if he wasn't getting the ball, it's something the defence has to account for then as well. You know, you have to double him or whatever, and it takes so it opens up things on the other side of the field and things like that as well. So, I absolutely man, would have him back, without a doubt. No, I, um, I, I for one, am glad he's not coming back because I, I only just dropped him <laughs> to my, my, my dynasty bench last week. Um, <laughs> I picked up Tom Brady in a, a, a new uh, dynasty league that I started as well, and then uh, the rumours that they, they still think something might happen there, so I put him on the trade block. <laughs> 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 
Uh, no bites yet. No bites yet. Except, except um, nothing less than a first. Nothing less than a future <laughs> first. Um, and a wee bit of a uh, crossover between the Gridiron Crew and the Seven Iron Crew. Is, uh, it was the Masters this week. Did you watch any of it at all? Any golfers? Kevin I, of course. Um, we were out of the Not as much as I would like. The winner, John Ram, uh, jokingly blamed uh, Zach Ertz for his four-part start um, at the Masters. Um, Zach had sent them a, a wee message. They must play together um, whenever they get a chance. And, um, they sent them a wee message in the group chat saying, uh, just, it looks like a, a great day today. Um, just imagine you're playing um, a, a whole with us and it'll go thing. And um, John Ram was putting the blame on him and Zach Ertz sat back saying, they, they, they imagine you're playing with us, not playing like us. Um, I think that was a, a nice wee shout out in his acceptance speech there. Um, to, to go with that there. Not much other um, news that's happened. There was a, a sad bit of news for uh, former Pittsburgh Steelers QB, Dwayne Haskins, who died last year. Mm. Seems he was... Um, it was a wild story. Seems he was drugged, um, robbed, and uh, was wandering about on one of the, the, the roads, motorways, before getting knocked down. Uh, a horrible, horrible story. And new... Details seem to be coming out about that. That's, that's weird. You always hear weird, weird things that happen in the off seasons in the NFL. If it's uh, people in Vegas driving at 140 odd miles per hour into the back of people, or just too much downtime for these guys and too much money by the sounds of it. Even even with the Haskins one, the, the, a lot of the stuff coming out of that investigation is nutty. Like the some of the stuff coming out for the cop side, where there was like multiple mm-hmm. kind of cars, like seen them. And like were flashing yep. each other, they warned each other, they were there, and this truck still somehow managed. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's yeah, horrible. Obviously, you know, poor guys died, but it sounds like there's definitely some um foul play of some some nature has went on there, yeah. which is awful. Strange. Hopefully we get to the bottom to get a wee bit of justice for them there. Um moving on. It is just about just over the two weeks' time. We will be um on the verge of the, the start of the twenty twenty three NFL draft. Last week, Stu and I had a wee look at the top four or five QBs um, that are heavily rumoured to, to go in the first round this year. Um, I was wondering if there was any players that you guys had seen that uh, really, really interest you. Or Ian, you said you mentioned watching a fair bit of college football. Um, purely for um, educational purposes for the listener, nothing to do with their dynasty teams and the, <laughs> the draft picks where um yeah go for Bijan <laughs> or not that's that's what I'm asking here. Um oh, who are you looking forward to who are you looking forward um, to seeing um to, in the, the upcoming season? To be, to be honest like I, I think I think the top like uh, I don't think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are the answers. I think um I also think Anthony Richardson's probably the best QB in the draft. Um, just seems to have everything. Um, you know, the less expectations as well. I think sometimes helps. You know, the QBs, the QBs with a lot of expectations coming in, they seem to struggle a wee bit. It takes them a few years. They don't usually get that couple of years success um, or that couple of years time. But yeah, Richardson for me. Um, also, can't wait to see Will Anderson as well uh, out of Alabama. I think he's going to be destructive. Um, not sure. Don't think the same quite levels as you know the bosses and things like that. But I think he's mm-hmm. certainly going to be destructive. 
So yeah, that's kind of the main ones. Um, I, I, yeah, I think, but I, I genuinely think Bryce Young, CJ Stroud are going to they're going to have disastrous starts. I think that do do you I'll think that eat. that's going to be disastrous? Because like this is for my reading of it anyway. These guys are more likely to be expected to come in and start. You know what I mean? Stroud, Stroud particularly. You know what I mean? Whoever drafts Stroud or the chat that I've seen anyway, it looks like he's likely to land in a team that's going to need him to step in as a starter. Where they think Richardson, I don't know, seem, people seem to be a bit more comfortable with the notion mm-hmm. that he goes to a team where he spends a year, two years, sitting as number two, gets to, to learn a bit, gets to develop his game a bit, then makes the step. Like yeah. if, if Richardson had to step in and start, at the start of the season, would would you still back him as the best QB in this draft class? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't. I think he just has the confidence. I think Bryce Young, especially, can be can be not. You know, if you want, I've watched quite a lot of Alabama. You know, his decision making at times sometimes just isn't the best. You know, it's just maybe a second or two. Or, you know, he looks at it and then doesn't, and then goes back to it. And by that point, you know, Richardson just just goes for it. You know, he just confidence in himself. He's more athletic out of all of them as well, so you know, there's always that ability to make plays, you know, with your legs if nothing's really there. Bryce Young certainly doesn't have that. Don't believe, and I just not a, not a big CJ Stroud fan either. I don't think he's he's done a lot. Um, there's, I think the other boy was about Levi at Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've not actually seen a lot of him, but he's been plummeting down draft boards. For like yeah, a couple yeah. of us I've seen he I don't like, I've I've not followed as much college ball as I would like. But the, the like it was for like a couple of weeks, it was all four of these guys, yeah, all together, mm-hmm. together. And then his name just it seems to be vanishing down board. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the chat is. Not seen a lot of, I've not seen a lot of him. Um He seems to be more of a project. Uh believe that I, I, yeah. I, I think Bridget, he's a the, the, decent player, but he could go to somewhere like the Vikes mm-hmm. and bed in for a season or two. Before taking over, I think that might be something for yeah. them to certainly worth doing. Even Seahawks could do something like that. I'm interested mm. to see where the where the old man and Stetson Bennett ends up and what he does. Mm. Um, don't really know what's going to happen there. Like, you know, he's, he's been he's been good for Georgia, but I don't think he's been you know out of this world. You know, I think you'll probably. Talking and going between like the fourth and the fifth or something, or between the fourth and the sixth. But it's just where does he end up and what does he do? <laughs> so he's, he's not really got time on his side to be a, you know, a learning quarterback. You know, he's going to sit there for yeah. a couple of years. You know what I mean? I, so, I, I'm just loving it that we've hit the, the the wonderful NFL draft cycle is just going kind of full circle again, where we have had the portion where everybody was super high on this year's draft was the year. This was the yeah. class. And they went, no, 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 it's not this class. It's not it's next year. It's Caleb. It's Caleb Williams next year. He's yeah. the he's the QB that you want. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Oh, these guys have no nah nah, they're not it anymore. And you know, the, the Caleb Williams thing, you know, it depends on how he gets on this year, but he certainly looked he looked, he looked pretty good out of USC. Um mm. he had that one bad game, but he certainly looked... looked <laughs> when, you're, like, when you're using that as your, your descriptor, that one bad game, yeah. that, that tells you somebody's got some quality. Yeah, and I think, um, is the boy for Tennessee, is he this year or is he next year, Hilton Hooker? 
Uh, Hooker's this year. Hooker, so, is, Hooker has yep. got a lot of... He, Hooker had the... Oh, I can't remember what the injury was. He was hurt for a while. Yeah, that kind of, that's why he yeah. slid off a couple of boards. Yeah, but, yeah. but I watched a lot. Like, I, I quite yeah. enjoyed watching Tennessee at the beginning of this year, so you know he looked pretty good as well, actually. Somebody, I think he'll be one of these ones that goes under the radar and probably makes, you know, makes an all-bad career for himself. I think he's one that he'll go on because he's going to go under the radar. He's going to wind up in a better organisation. You know, it's, it's the great curse of being the first quarterback yeah. off the board. You yeah. are more often than not going to wind up in a pretty shaky spot and you then need to deal with it. And sometimes it works. Um, yeah. But a lot of the time... Well, that's that, like a lot of these teams just don't give the time. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is probably the prime example that his first couple of years weren't great. And then last year he really started, you know, mm, showing what he steps. can do. Um, I, you know, if you go to these bigger teams, you know, if he gets drafted by, you know, don't say it, don't say it. You know, you know what I mean? You know, go stay like a, a bigger organization <laughs> that, that expects success right away. Yeah, the pressure then just gets tenfold, and then the fans go on their back, and then the media, the social media aspect of it, and all of a sudden. They're, they're cut, you know. I mean, they're setting string, and that's it, gone. Other than their third team in as many years with 15 head coaches that they've had in their very short NFL career after that's winning it. a Heisman. That's it. I still love you, Baker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, number one pick means nothing, really, doesn't it? Um, Why well, you go number one there? You don't. Listen, uh, Mr. Irrelevance coming into fashion here. We know who who that'll be this year and a couple of seasons it'll be it'll be looking good. Um so we mentioned the the, the QBs quite a, a fair bit. You also mentioned um Will Anderson coming out of Alabama, the edge there. Is there any other players? B. John Robinson, I've not seen much of them, but the the, the hype, hype yeah. around them certainly is, is is pretty big. He looks set to come in and be ready to go um, yeah I mean, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty surprised at how low he ranks on certain draft boards like to me yeah. he should be a definite first round pick but you know merely every, every he's gone from to the second so yeah I'm running back in the first oh it's dodgy yuck although do, do, we do, do we use the G word with him are we using the G word are we, no, are we ready to call them generational? No, I, I think I've always always been a big believer that you draft the best talent, you know, what, what you want and what you need. So yeah. just yep. because he's a running back, this shouldn't mean that you don't take him in the, you know, you don't take him in the first round, that sort of thing. If you need a running back and there's a guy there that's really, really good and does all everything what you think of what your what your organization wants, your philosophies, you know, all these fundamentals and all that sort of stuff, then you you might take them. You might run the risk of losing it just because, you know, it's the common practice is not to draft a running back in the first round. So, you know, I mean it, it seems crazy from that aspect. So but yeah, he'll be he'll be a steal if he goes to the second for, for that team. You know, what about the what about off the, the wide receivers? Is there any names that have jumped out to you guys for that? Uh, Jackson Smith and, and Jigba seems to be yeah, yeah favoured. So be, being a Patriots fan, there's been a, a lot of talk about us and the wide receivers. To, to be honest, Jackson Smith and um, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Yep. I think the two that we are kind of mainly around. Um, 
There's not gonna, really not really much else. Gonna do the league a favour and not drafting Jigba because he looks like he could be really good and we all know what happens to wide receivers drafted by the Patriots. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to watching his career and I'd prefer it if you don't ruin it already <laughs> yeah like, I'm not getting my hopes I'm not getting my hopes <laughs> Bill drafts him just to wind everybody up you've been juju that's, that's all you need that's more you need I was really looking forward to last year's draft and like you know who we're going to take you know there's good stuff there and then take a Take a tackle and or sorry, a guard and call strange and it's like ah, okay, that's a, that's a <laughs> deflated for another year. So. <laughs> Aye, but I'm not there's been a lot of videos now showing that we've made with a lot of wide receivers, so uh, you know, I think yeah. I think it's probably it's probably the one year we don't need to draft one because we've now got like, you know, those guys there and mm-hmm. the tackle and Thornton as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't if we didn't draft one. Um, you yourself, you mentioned you're a defensive uh, back coach, um, now a head coach, of course. Um, a former safety yourself. Is there any players in that position that you're you're excited by? You're looking forward to seeing? You think will go quite high? Um, see if I'm being perfectly honest. I'm not really. I'm not really took much much notice of the kind of. The secondary positions this year, what's going on? Yeah. Um, so the sexy positions we're all interested in, really, aren't it? <laughs> well, Joe, well, like, it, it kind of is, and that's always the ones, that, especially if you know, just being in this country, if you're only getting highlights, you're only getting highlights of the, yeah, you know, the yeah. big, like offensive plays and that the sort of plays, stuff. Yeah. So unless you're watching, you know, like I, I do spend most of my Saturdays just watching college football, but you know, if, if you're actually kind of, you know, you might watch. Watch whatever games on, and then that team won't be on again for another four weeks or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Aye. so you try to keep in tags with him, but at least we, you know, you keep in top of all the running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'm not too sure about the the DBs coming in this draft, but there certainly was a, a lot last year um, that kind of come up and did really well. So. Everyone out of Illinois seems to be quite high. He's, I have not. I can't say I've got much in the defense at all, if I'm honest. But he's one that I just is kind of. Well, yeah. I've seen. A, I've seen appearing in, in bits of media and stuff like that. Um, aye. There's a, the only one I've seen actually, and he's not even It's a such a D three player. We just I know a few guys and um, that are in the D three stuff in America and that. And there's he's had a few. He's had a few top ten visits with. Um, big teams, so mm-hmm. I think he's. They're expecting him to get drafted. But obviously, it won't be to the later rounds. But I think he's. It's pretty promising for a D three player coming out of, coming out of there, which would be mm-hmm. incredible. Um, the one team that, of course, held all the cards at the start of this was the Chicago Bears, who traded down to ninth place with the Carolina Panthers moving up to to first. There's rumours that the Bears are not done with their their trading of their, their places. Um, there was talk of the the Pittsburgh Steelers um, having um, discussions with them about possibly moving up from 17th. Mm-hmm. They also have the 31st pick, the first pick of the second round um, that they got from the Chicago Bears. Um, but because the Dolphins are forfeiting their uh, 
their choice at twenty one. Um, they can get moved up to to thirty first. Um, why do you think the Steelers are, are are wanting to move up to the ninth position? What what do they see there? Do they they feel that they're needing to address in that position? What do you think, guys? Pickett's got teeny horns and he's a bust. <laughs> Get it. Um, no, uh, with the Steelers, the again, I really hope like this is purely from a jealousy standpoint. I really hope they don't go up and get somebody like um, Jackson Smith or something like because as much as I was slagging off the Pats, who are clinically incapable of drafting wide receivers, it's something begrudgingly I need to admit the Steelers are really, really good at, at drafting wide receivers. They've you know. The, the setup they've got there, they're really good at spotting them. Are they mm-hmm. are they looking to push up and, and address that? It's yeah, you know, what I mean, they've got pickings um, in that room, and you know, I mean, obviously they've got shot a clay pool, so it could, it could be for that they're going to try and take somebody like that really early, maybe. I guess. Yeah, no, I might try to get clay pool back. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think they would only be doing that if they had. Work because you know most of them, most of the kind of mock drafts I've seen, even they have Jackson Smith and that they're not going too late in the first, mm-hmm. you know, and they have the Patriots not taking them and things like that at fourteen. So I think they must they would have to they would have to have something pretty stuck on that they know that somebody else is that's who they're taking. So mm-hmm. it's a strange one. Um, yeah. You know, it's not as if it's like a, a prominent position that you you know you're trying to go up into like the top three or somewhere like or or you're you know you're drafting you're trading out of the top ten or something. You know, there's no not any real reason you would do it apart from there's somebody there that you want. Really, you know, really want. You get them yeah. before somebody else does. It sounds as if uh, Ryan Pauls is, is trying to build build for this season, but also for the coming seasons. He's trying to really, really solidify the. The Bears for the next few years to come. Um, they've also still got quite a massive uh, uh, to play with in the the cap. I'm sure mm. um, as well. So the cap room. Yeah, interesting to see what happens there. Um, right, uh, fantastic. Um, so going from the the Chicago Bears, Brian, I've come to you for our statistic of the week. Um, Right, it's it's half statistic, half it's it's a question to put out. Because obviously the Bears have been doing all this, uh, all, all all the trades that they've got going on. You know, they moved the the number one pick on. They got a boatload of picks back for that. They're looking at moving the next pick on, and they you would expect we'll be looking to pick up a boatload of picks for that. Um, so the it's it's a half half statistic, half question. So the Bears are currently sat with ten draft picks this year. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is now? I checked this. So since the draft's been seven rounds, which back in the day it was like eighteen thousand rounds long for some ridiculous reason. Who's had the most draft picks in a single? Which teams had the most picks in a single round? Uh, I'm sorry, not in a single round, in a single draft. So single which draft. team has had? Which, which team do you think has had the most in a single draft? So I'm going to guess it's, it's more than what the Bears have got. To more than 10. I'll give you that as a starter. Yeah, they've got 10, 10 this year. Seven rounds, 10. Uh, I'm going to guess it's roughly, I'll say, maybe 14 picks. And I'll go for the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts. That's, that's right. just four, my... four, 14 picks for the Colts. For Keith, what were yourself, Ian? What do you reckon, mate? 
Kev, you're finished this off, so you better get thinking. I'm, I'm trying to think. It's probably something to do with when Las Vegas, like, sent, you know, sent everything away. Or I'm trying to think here about well, the biggest trades have been and what they've been sent. And then yep. it'll, be, it'll be something to do with that. And then it just so happens coincides with like compensate, compensatory picks or something like that that'll come in. Yep. But um, I'll, I'll go. I'll go the Raiders in 15. Right, Raiders in 15. Okay. Right, Kev, what are you thinking, mate? We've got 14 and 15 for the, the Colts and the Raiders. And I'll, I'll talk for a minute and remind Kev that he's muted himself so that before he starts to talk, he has to hit a wee button. There he is. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's higher or lower. Uh, I'll have to go 16 or 13. Um... <laughs> oh. Play your cards right. Well, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm going to go. Sorry, sorry, mate. Uh, I'm going to go for sixteen. Sixteen. Who do you reckon? Who do you reckon's accumulated that many picks? Who got sixteen picks? Pick a team. Who do you reckon? Masters of trades, just like the Bears. This is great. You can actually see the cogs spinning. Come on, Kev. Pick a team. Come on, come on pick a team, mate. There's thirty, thirty-two of them. I'll go for, I'll go for us, the Eagles. Right, okay. Do you know it's very recent that this happened? It was 2020. 2020 draft, thanks to a trade, a traded wide receiver, which got the team a return that included four draft picks. The Minnesota Vikings wound up Ooh. with 15 picks in the 2020 draft. It was the, the Diggs trade. Diggs trade wound up, uh, I can't remember the full details, but I got them four draft picks back, and then they did the, the jiggery poker that we see the teams doing. They drafted back, a few, they traded back a few times. Yeah, and that included, so, you know, uh, I won't go through the full 15 that they got yet. You know, that included yeah. such uh, such ill-known players as JJ, plus 14 others <laughs> that they got out of that draft. That was worth so, it then. Ah, there you go. So the most picks ever by a team in the NFL draft in one year, uh, 15 by the Vikings in 2020. There you go. Fantastic. Gentlemen, this has been terrific. Thoroughly enjoyed um, discussing the latest news with you. Um, Ian, coming to you, first of all, thanks very much for joining us and it's great to hear uh, about the EK Pirates. Hope you have a long, successful um, season ahead for both the, the senior team and the, the women's team as well. Um, best Thank luck, mate. It's been uh, great fun. I've my day to day has been full of football. I was uh, <laughs> doing the, the past game scout for uh, the game on Sunday earlier. I then had a call at 6.45 with the women's team, but one of my guys that used to be a coach uh, here is now a coach in the US at a college. Mm-hmm. He was doing a bit of that. So I only got, only got off of that at like quarter past eight. So yeah, literally it's been, it's been football all day for me, but I uh, wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way. It's great. It does take over your life. It's, it's amazing. Uh, amazing. <laughs> Kev, thanks very much for joining us, buddy. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And Brian, thank you for your uh, statistic of the week and your, your input tonight, buddy. 16 days, Keith. 16 days till the draft. That's all we've got left. We're nearly there. Nearly there, nearly there. Um, we will be back next week and we'll be talking more about the, the draft. We'll do a wee bit more in-depth. We'll have a wee look at maybe some sleepers for next week as well. Um, 
try and break it down, help you with your fantasy teams, the dynasty teams. I, I'm, I'm pretty set on taking Bijan, I think, for my, my first draft. But that is always uh, open to, to, to trade. So, uh, guys, you, you know what to do. Get in, get in touch. Um, thanks very much for listening. If you have enjoyed listening to the, the crew, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Um, get in touch, get your questions in. We'd love to hear from you. We have had our first guest on, so again, thanks to Ian for that. We'll be hopefully getting a lot more on, especially through the closed season, and find out a wee bit more about American football, especially in Scotland, um, but in the rest of the UK as well, and see how that's going. Um, we'll be keeping uh, up to date with how the Pirates are doing. I think that's going to be our brand new um, Glasgow-based or team what do we think guys we'll keep them as a uh, our, our number one we'll keep them a wee close eye on how they're doing that's what i've heard it's a long time long time between now and the, the 7th of september when i believe the the season kicks off again but um the crew is here and the crew will see you through thanks very much for listening good night <laughs>